of Speaking Life with Dr. Sabrina. I am your host, Dr. Sabrina, the people expert. You know, I help people with people, even if that person is themselves, because I say it all the time. We think it's somebody else with the problem, and it's really us standing in the need of some help, and so I do that in a myriad of ways. I am a clinical therapist by trade. I do life coaching, business coaching, speakers coaching. I am an author. I am a radio TV personality, um, just a lot of stuff going on. I help nonprofits get started. But uh, what we do here at Speaking Life is that this podcast is really dedicated to helping us speak life, speak good things, speak beautiful things about ourselves, to ourselves, about our own lives. And so I am so fortunate that I know incredible people. I know people who are doing incredible things on the planet. And this particular episode is no different. And this episode probably will go down as being one of my favorite of all times because this is going to be my Mother's Day edition because I am a mother. Yes, yes, yes. And so I, you know, Mother's Day is coming up this coming Sunday, May 14th. And I have the honor and the privilege and the pleasure of interviewing none other than the person that I was the door to the universe for, Mr. Marcel Smith. And Marcel is an incredible being. What I tell him all the time is that even if he weren't my son. He is somebody that I would absolutely want to know. I like his personality. I like how he thinks. I like his sense of humor. Sometimes we clash. But I am going to do something a little different today. I'm not just going to interview him. We are going to interview each other. So I'm going to be asking him questions about what it has been and what it means to him to be my son. Having me as a mama. And then he'll get to ask questions of me about having him as my son. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor to be here today on this awesome show. I know I don't uh, always talk about how much I actually listen, but I do chime in and sneak and listen to some episodes. And I don't say nothing. I just be listening. But, yeah, I'm glad to be on here today. Wow. I I was very... um um, excited when I asked you and how quickly you said yes. I try to say yes. I know you don't think I say yes enough. Oh, baby. <laughs> oh, baby. The whole... I think I say yes a lot. You think you say yes I, a lot? I try to. It, I always try to under-promise, over-deliver. So uh, I was in town. I said, hey, I'm here. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So let's begin by just kind of letting people know who you are and what you're doing now. You know, because you're 30. Yes, I do have a 30-year-old, and I don't look like it. And let me say this, because whenever I say I have a 30-year-old, people go, well, you must have been a teen mom. Oh, no, baby, I was very close to 30 when I had a 30. (laughs) I was almost 30 myself when I finally had a baby. But tell people what you do. Um, Marcel Smith, I am an entrepreneur, born and raised in Detroit, from... um, 
played college basketball, um, played sports, graduated um, two times, got my master's, and now I work with Chick-fil-A, Inc., um, opening, grand opening new restaurants and managing them in a program called LDP. LDP. Leadership Development Program. The Leadership Development Program. I love it when you go have different agencies or organizations, companies. They all have these acronyms that mean different things. And so I know I have some clients, and when I go and sit with them, they'll be running off all of these alphabets. And I go, okay, well, hold up. What that mean? This, this is what that means. So thank you that you just didn't say LDP. Yeah. LDP means something. Leadership Development. And so... Oh, it's interesting when you say that you're an entrepreneur and then you say that you work with Chick-fil-A because Chick-fil-A is a corporation. And so you find yourself, how has that been for you as an entrepreneur to work in this program that has requirements and I guess you have to do time? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you do because I... I haven't done a timesheet in so long. <laughs> well, you don't do no timesheets. <laughs> so uh, you, do, you, you pay a staff. So, you know, whether I was managing a business somewhere, a restaurant somewhere, or whether I'm opening up a new one and I bring out a staff to help train a new team, I still get to operate in a level of entrepreneur, leader. Um, I'm able to kind of make some decisions. Um, so that feels good. That feels good to be able to have that level of aut autonomy and the company uh, chooses us and allow us to do that. Um, but at the same time, there's been challenge because you're always dealing with, uh, there's a level of corporate um, that you may not necessarily have as an entrepreneur, you, can, you have full reign. So it's, it's, it's pros and cons to both, but I think I've navigated it well and uh, I think it's a lot of good people that work at Chick-fil-A. Oh. A lot of people, good people to learn from. So Wonderful, wonderful. So let's dive right in. I'll ask the first question. And the first question would be, huh, what do you see that has been the most challenging thing for you having me as a mama? Ooh, I go, I go right in. I, hey, I just jumped right in. I just jumped right in. I jumped right in. She didn't waste any. I didn't waste any time. I don't have a, I don't have a whole lot of time. I gotta, gotta um, get it in. I think that the most challenging thing that it was for me to see is uh, not having the support, right, from other people or maybe dating and just like even family sometimes not having the, the support. Um, and then I would say. The wanting to be loved and not always getting that. So I think that's a challenge because, you know, you, we all feel like everybody deserves that person or, you know, just somebody being good. And I've seen her be very good to other people, almost in, in detriment to her own self, but trying to love and help and push other people forward in their dreams or their whatever things they wanted. Even myself, she's poured into me. Um, and so not never seeing anybody pour into you like that in that sense. Wow. Wow, that's almost going to make me cry. Oh, my God. It, it, it's, and, I, and that was a question because I think sometimes we don't um, really know what our children are thinking. We think we know. But the only way that you absolutely will know is to ask. That's true. So I... I'm big on questions. 
which has in turn made you big oh yeah <laughs> I, I i feel like uh growing up you know the older i get the more i'm like man sitting under my mom's desk as as a as a kid as she's doing counseling sessions is, is whenever I'm dealing with a person or hearing somebody's story, it's never a time where somebody's going to share something with me that's going to have me all rattled. You know what I mean? Because from a kid, I have almost heard just about anything. I also know how to keep a secret or just like when people share it. Confidentiality. We confidentiality. call it confidentiality. Yes. It is, I am able to just hold that and not necessarily judge a person or think that they are less than because of it. I, I think that that has been a benefit, a great benefit of um, being raised by a mother who's a therapist and have those skills. And wow. I try to ask questions. Oh, he's the I try to seek that's... to understand. You know, seek it's, to it's, understand, it's, yeah. it is It is very hard to do sometimes, but I really do try to seek to understand and just hear people's stories, where they're coming from, their perspective. And so that, that, um, that, that kind of helps me a lot. I would say um, kind of... As you've watched me on my journey, um, what would you say has been um, a blind spot or a challenge or something that you've seen? You know, it's like, why he just can't get out his own way? <laughs> he, can, he cannot help himself in this department or area. What is something you've seen that I could improve on? Well, I think the thing that I used to see that I think that you've gotten much better at is that you would listen to other people who really did not know what the hell they were talking about. <laughs> and the example that I'll give you is I remember the first time you bought a new car. And when you bought the new car, of course you had, and you did a lease. Your first car was a lease. And so you have full coverage. And then someone told you, I have no idea who told him this, but someone told him, you don't need full coverage. You just need no fault. So he changed his program, his, you know, thing from his insurance from full coverage to no fault. Didn't say nothing, didn't ask no questions, just went on and did it. Mm -hmm. And you got jacked up after that. That was a very huge life lesson. Big life lesson. And and the other thing I will say is that I think the thing for me was as a mother wanting to always rescue. You know, I wanted to just if I could do it, I'm going to do it. If I have to borrow, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make sure he good. And that was a I had to step back because you a grown man. Mm -hmm. You made that decision. So now make it make it do what it do. Yeah. And I did. Yes, you did. It took you a minute. <laughs> I did. It, it took was, you a minute. And I think that I, I think that really is about the only thing. And I think that you've gotten really good at asking better questions, um, valuing the um, where the where the, where you get the answers from. Everybody can't just talk to you and, yeah. and speak into you at this point, and so I think that that is a great life lesson that you've learned, and I and I see you navigating that well. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. You're so welcome. Okay, let's see. <laughs> you know they say you hear that children 
like if a, if if it's a girl, she's trying to find a man like her father, and if it's a guy, he's trying to find a woman like his mother. Do you agree with that? Man, she come right in the door. <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna be able to share this episode with anybody. <laughs> I can, I don't care. I can't share with work friends at the door. I can't. <laughs> no, I can share it. Um, <laughs> I think that um, I think it, I think I've went through a lot of different stages when it comes to dating and just experiences. Um, I think that there are a lot of traits that I definitely look for in a woman or a wife that um, that you possess and that that my mom has. And I think there's a few things that I look for that that you don't. That's not necessarily a strong suit, but I, I still look for that. So I would say there's a lot of traits. Yes, I think. Uh-huh. You want to know the exact traits, right? I, I want to know the traits that <laughs> I want to know the traits that I don't have. Because <laughs> um, maybe that, you say that I don't have them. Okay, I shouldn't say that. Well, no, but the traits that you don't find that don't that, show up that me. you don't do just on a natural. Okay, yeah. Space, okay, yeah. It is something that you can do. You I know. know. You, I already know. You you can do it, but it's just like. I choose not how, to. How do you, do you want to spend your time doing? Yeah, I, um, yeah, it's a whole lot of things. Um, and so I would say, um, I would say, number one is cooking. Um, that's that's a big one. Uh, and then I would say the second one is is uh, uh, I don't want to say health, but like just just about what you eat, fitness. working out, fitness, fitness. The fitness. I, I, it, it all goes into health. So uh, all into health. So you think I don't take good care of myself? I think you have some opportunity there. (laughs) Okay, so, like, he wants me to work out. He wants me to eat, like, grains and berries. I don't say you need to eat grains and berries, because I don't eat grains and berries Grains and berries and nuts and smoothies and things of that nature. But I think those things uh, help, and uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think that's important. I would say my number one. For me personally, my number one core value is health, mentally, physically, spiritually. So just what are the health habits and how do a woman shows up? And I want a partner who's healthy. Like, you can't control what things happen to you in your life, but you can control the, the, some of the choices that you get into it. So so what's some of the traits that I have? Ah, uh, independent, uh, smart, educated, um, very, very caring. We'll, we'll give the shirt off your back. I, I have this term called the first tripper. <laughs> She's a first tripper. You know, some people, you know, they're like, man, you know, that person is really nice. They'll do anything for you. I call those the first tripper. They, they're on the first trip to heaven, right? <laughs> and then there's somebody like myself. I'm decently nice. Like, I got some work to do. I'm like, I don't know if necessarily I'm on the first trip to heaven. But my mom, I would say, is definitely on the first trip. Um, have a relationship with God. Um, has community, and and that's uh, very important to me. Um, and work ethic, like, oh, you're a beast. Once you once you lock in and get in that zone and, and put your mind that you want to get something done, it is nothing in the world that can stop you. So, I think those are some traits that I definitely would like. Uh, How to- about fun and like sense of humor? Yeah, yeah, those are important too. I think, uh, I mean, it's just don't. I always say I'm kind of like I don't say I'm low, low energy, but I'm real chill. You know yeah. what I mean? So I think I naturally look for a high energy person. High energy person. 
high energy person. I remember. High, just I would say I would say necessarily high energy, but you're higher energy than me. Yeah. A little bit more high strung than me. Yeah. You, you know? like a little. Razzle-dazzle. I like a little. I always think about you know the women that like when you see them you feel like they're dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the kind of women I see myself with. Okay. Okay. That's good. That's good. Your turn. Okay, um, as a, uh, so I, I feel like you're very talented, and so this is like, what, when did you know that you had your gift to speak, and how did you manage that as being a parent to me? Oh, that's so good. Okay, so I knew that I had the gift to speak um, after I, I had my master's degree. I was working and someone I was running a program that was an abuse and neglect program and I helped create the program. And so one of the things that we had to do was go around the different agencies and make presentations about the program to get new clients. And so one of the times I spoke the people was like giving me a standing ovation and it's like could you come back and do a session on how to um, build self-esteem in children and I went oh, oh yeah I guess I can I mean I really was like oh yeah I guess I could put something together I didn't really think anything about it but when I did it I got a standing ovation and people were like oh my god you are an amazing speaker so one that feeling of how it impacted people was it just ignited something in me that I said, "Oh yeah, this is this is the thing," and then um, people kept asking me to speak and asking me to speak, and I think that when it comes to how I navigated that as being a, a parent, I really always wanted to show you about how I had dreams and a vision and how I set goals to make those things happen, to be a model of that for you, and then to make sure that your goals and your vision were yours, that they didn't have to be mine. So I didn't want you to feel like you had to do what I did, and so I supported you in what you did. But I thought that by me showing you that this is what I do, this is the grind that I take, this is, Ooh, yeah, okay. I got to put these <laughs> PowerPoints together tonight or whatever I'm doing. Showing that to you was was a model. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so next question. This is so good. I'm enjoying <laughs> this. So one of the things that you said about traits that I have is um, my relationship with God. How has my relationship with God or what you've seen me do as far as my spiritual walk impacted you? I think you, you said a point that I don't, I don't think enough parents or people take take a point to. The biggest thing you can do for anybody is not tell them about it, but to model it, right? Mm -hmm. And so we went to church. We, we spent a lot of time with church and youth. I think, but even beyond that, you, you show what it was like to, to have a relationship with, and relationship is not something that's like, it's not trendy. It's not always like, oh, if we went, to, if we missed church, it was, you know, the, like the, 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 <laughs> the bottom, the bottom, you know, it wasn't like, if, if I said I didn't want to go to church, it was never a pressure put on me about that. Um, but you asked very good questions and you said, hey, we're going to pray in the morning. Hey, this is what I'm doing. 
And sometimes maybe just watching you in your own in, in praise and say, hey, th- when, when something good happened, hey, thank God. You know what I mean? That's that's your first words. You know what I'm saying? Or or hey, we want to every time you go up to speak, I want to give I, I want to give honor to God. You know, so just modeling that. You know, and then be, and then finding my own relationship. So, hey, did you talk to God about that, or did you consult, or what? Are you going to church this week, or what's the last church? What, what did you find good about service today? What did you think about mm-hmm. it? I think um, you drove me not to push your thoughts or beliefs, but you gave to me discover yours, to discover my own. Yeah, I, I, for me as a parent, there were two incidents incidents that happened as far as your spiritual walk, that just really, as a parent, did it for me. So one time I was speaking at a church, and I do, you know, I'm I'm not your regular kind of speaker, so I had the people up. Um, I had them do the little activity where they got to greet somebody that they didn't, like they didn't want to be here. The next was to greet somebody like they were a relative. And then they had to greet somebody like they were Jesus at the gates of heaven, letting them know they made it in. And there was total chaos and mayhem. People were just praising. And at that particular time, you had a cast on you broke your toe or something. You had a cast going. Mm-hmm. But for him, I looked over, and he had threw his crutch down, and he was hopping on one foot, giving praise. It took me out. I just, just to see my child in his own space of praise did it for me. That was one. The second one was when you um, used to pay your tithe. And he would be paying his tithes and paying his tithes. And so this one particular time, we were on our way to church, and um, I told him he wanted some uh, PlayStation or whatever. And I says, well, if you save $100, I'll give the rest to get it. And he said, he was distraught. He says, I have enough for my $100. But if I pay my tithes, I'm not going to have enough. And I says, well, that's up to you because God doesn't want you to give it grudgingly. So if you don't want to give it, don't give it. And so when we got to church that day, he got up and gave his tithes. And his stepfather at that time was a preacher, and he was up teaching, and he literally got overcome with emotion because he was like, oh, my God. He he remembered the conversation that we had had that morning, and he told the story about, you know, you and all of that, and then he had just got your report card, which was, of course, amazing. And so people that day after church were coming up to him, giving him money for his report card. So he left church, not only with the $100, but he had extra money that he could buy games and things with. So to me, that was such a great example of if you just do what God says, instantly, blessings come. Blessings come. And so then he would would come and tell us stuff like, uh, somebody ain't tithing. Up in here <laughs> as a kid. Somebody not tithing, because I'm tithing. But something going on up in here that somebody, who not paying their tithe? So it's just interesting when you teach these these principles. And if you ain't in line, it's going to show up. 
And so children are going to, they're going to do what you do and not what you say. Yeah. That's good, good, good. Okay. It's your turn. I think it's my turn. I think it's your turn. I think it's your turn. Um, so I would say you raised me to be uh, very independent and fearless. Um, what were some of your fears as, as a parent? And as a as you've navigated through your career, first as a parent, parenting a boy by myself um, when I was a single parent that was fearful for me because I always felt like there were things about being a man I did not know because I don't navigate the world through the lens of a man, so I didn't know. So to make sure that I had the right men around you. And, um, of course, you know, my dad and, and my brothers and, you know, all of that. But then to have other men that were around you, that was a big deal for me. And the other thing that was extremely uh, fearful for me was uh, because you were so talented and bright and you always seem to rise to the top, I know that that brings jealousy. And I was always worried that somebody would try to hurt you because they were jealous of you. That I was, and I don't even know if I've ever told you that, but I really was scared. And so when you got on that plane to go off to college, it was almost like I could just breathe because I was so scared that something was going to happen to you because, you know, you was a star basketball player, you was a valedictorian, you know, all that stuff. And there were people who were haters and that I was scared somebody was going to try to hurt you. So as far as now the fears that I've navigated as a business owner, mm-hmm. well, I think that when I first started my business, um, the thing that I that I probably had fear about, and I don't even think it was fear, it was just paying attention to what other people were saying. So other people were saying things like, you're not going to be a successful speaker because there's there are no full-figured successful speakers. And at that time, when I looked at the landscape, I didn't know any. And so people would say, well, Oprah, Oprah wasn't a speaker in my mind. She was a talk show host. So I didn't equate what I was doing with what she was doing. So I didn't have an example. And so I really started to buy into that whole I wouldn't be successful because I was full-figured. And... um and so then finally, one day, the Holy Spirit just says, okay, now, um, are you going to pay attention to what they're saying, or what you, are you going to pay attention to what I'm making happen for you? And so that helped me not have the outside voice mean more than the inside voice. And so it may even be to the detriment of what I do, but I really pay attention to what's inside of me. And if I feel it, I don't care who else feel it or don't feel it because there's a difference between being a pathfinder and a trailblazer. And so I understand now that I'm a trailblazer. So there there may not be a model for the way I'm going to do what I do. And it's okay. And so I, I stopped looking for validation from outside people. That's good. That's good. That's good. Even you. <laughs> Although I do, I do ask Marcel a lot. I, I ask him a lot about what I should do, should I do this, what he think about this. And so there there are some spaces where I've made decisions that I'm sure he's going, I don't know, 
I don't want you to don't do that. Don't do it that way. I, the greatest example, I think, is years ago, my father used to tell me that average was not acceptable. Can't bring home no C because you're not an average person. You don't want to live in an average neighborhood. You don't want an average car. You don't want average. So don't bring home average. So, of course, I told him that until one day. He decided that he wanted to throw that back in my face. <laughs> so I was living with a guy, and he was, of course, living with me. And the neighborhood wasn't all that great. But I had asked him, would you prefer a car or we move? He said, oh, a car. I want a car. I want a car because then I can go wherever I want to go. So after he got the car, he said, Hey, Ma, didn't Papa used to say <laughs> that average wasn't good? And I say, yeah. He says, well, um, what, do you, what do you think about where we're living? And I say, well, it's okay. He said, well, I just got one question. When did average become okay? Ooh, that was a eek, 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 stab, stab, stab. <laughs> However, I thought about it, and I says, whoa, 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 whoa. Sir, what you're not going to do is take what I gave you and the choice that you made and then try to work it to your benefit. Uh-uh. We stay at exactly where we at because you got a car. Go drive <laughs> your car where you you remember that? I remember something like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's funny you got a lot of stories that I don't always remember all all of them, but you you got them good. Of course, you know, yeah. I, I was. You were there. I was there. I was there. Is it my yeah, turn or your turn? Your turn? It's my turn. My turn. My turn. Um, when people say. And I'm sure people have said that this to you, that you're a mama's boy. What does that mean to you? It's funny because I would say in life, I haven't gotten a, a whole bunch, to be honest. Um, but uh, when I hear that, I think of someone who is very dependent on their mother or that person to make decisions, and they can't think without them. Mm -hmm. And so... I think one of my mentors always say, he goes, man, you are not, you, you know, you just didn't get any of what you people usually get as, as being raised by a mother. You, you would not even think you were raised by a mother. And I think a lot of that was not only did you, I have healthy, a lot of mentors, um, but I think the other part of that is you didn't allow me to be like, oh, what you think, mom? Or what you, what you going to do? You know, it's like, no, you figure it out. Like, you know, like you said, like even just with, just with the last situation as an adult with the car, like sometimes it's still parents holding on today as mothers, or even sometimes fathers trying to help rescue or decide for them their fate. And it's like at some point, they have to make the decision. They have to switch um, from, hey, you, you know, I'm your, I'm your parent. I'm your, I'm, I'm gonna guide you to, hey, I've shown you the way. You got to do it. You got to start doing it on your own. And so that kind of leads into my next question, of like, when did you know, like, oh, 
okay, he, he, he's, he's, he's thinking about things differently. Or I, maybe I need to switch to our role of like, I need to tell him what to do. Or, hey, maybe I just need to, you know, maybe step back. Fall back. Um, when, I know when, exactly. When, I know when exactly. was the moment? When was the time know, where you I said? I know exactly what it was. <laughs> oh, my God. I know exactly what it was. This is a good story. One, because I tell people in the book, because, you know, I wrote a book about raising him. It's called He's Not a Statistic, 12 Laws for Single Mothers Raising Black Males. And in the book, I talk about how you need to learn to move from being the supervisor of your child's life to being the supporter. And so when my father was in hospice and um, at the point that he was going to make his transition, Marcel was playing on a team that was in the state championship. And one particular night, he decided not to go to practice and to be home because he didn't know if his his grandfather was going to pass. And so that was a decision that he's made. So when he got to school the next day, the coach went ham and said these words, I don't care who dying. So you know the mother in me was looking for my keys and my purse because I was going to see the coach and let him have it. And Marcel said to me, Ma, I got it. And he says, because if you go up there and tell him off, you're going to leave and I'm still going to have to deal with him. So just let me deal with it. And I didn't go and I didn't say anything. And so I let you deal with it the way that you had to deal with it. That was a big deal for me. And then I remember that summer you called and you said, wow, prayer really works. And I say, why? Because coach got a new job. So not only was he not going to be his coach no more, he, and it wasn't that he was something negative had happened to him. He was going on to his greater good, mm-hmm. which was great, but it, it wasn't going to have a negative impact on you. And so I had to watch that happen. And a lot of times parents don't know how to watch it happen. Ooh. I work in the space. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just coaching basketball, I watch it all the time. Parents try to really control the narrative for their kids. And it's like, hey, they got to find their own way. You know, and I was a junior in high school, sophomore in high school when that was going on. So, yeah, so uh, I appreciate that, that that space because I needed that, especially as a, as a male and a man playing sports and stuff like that. I think, I think that is I think that is good, and I think that it's important for all parents to really understand that you are not your child. Your child is not you. They are. They come through you. There's some some things that you have to teach, and then after you teach, you gotta let them work it out. And they're not gonna always get it right. They're not gonna. They're not perfect children. Yeah. And their gifts may not be your gifts. Oh Lord, yes Lord, yes Lord, because I'm I'm not I'm not athletic, and I ain't the greatest speaker in the world. Because my mom <laughs> would come on one take, and I'm like, well, people don't do that when I go up. <laughs> and I've and I've I've improved in the area, but I'm like, oh Lord, that. that I need to go practice. She just went up there and just spoke. She ain't practice or nothing. She just. Snapped a finger and it was there. But it is my gift. 
it is my gift. And, and you know, your, your gifting is your gifting because I don't even want to do what you do. But I will say this. This is a great question. What is something that you've thought about me that you later found out was not true? That your thinking about it was off? I have a great example of one. <laughs> me? No, of, of things I think you thought about me and then you went, I didn't even know you could do that. Okay. As far as... Just anything. Uh, hmm. I think uh, I think a few of the most surprise I would say surprising things was uh, I didn't see you moving back to California again. Just you know, just like boom, that was surprising. You did that um, and moved right back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, I would say I think some things that surprised me. Uh, I don't. I think that's it. I don't think it's anything where I'm like, oh, you can't do that. I remember when you were doing the yoga certification, and then you wanted me to do the different moves, and so there was one move you went, I can't even believe that you could do that, oh. and I was like, yeah, you wouldn't know that I could do that, yeah. but <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I think you you uh, can work out and do all this stuff if you wanted to. You don't think you have no like real limitations? And... Oh, I really don't. I really don't. I'm a very limber girl. Yeah, I'm a very limber, very limber girl. I'm a very limber girl. <laughs> I, I think also, um, as I as a second part to that question, what is something that because we've had this discussion because you have never you were never privy to seeing your father and me together. Mm-hmm. And so what has been, so what, what is your take on that about that? That was, you know, my husband and, and like your relationship with him. Um, I think when I think about that and I didn't see you all together, I think that it's a, uh, I think a lot of things happen out of timing and where people are, in a, in a giving moment, and giving space, and giving time. So I understand the fami- familiarity of like, y'all both grew up in the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, this person at church. Oh, okay, cool. You know, we kind of assume a lot of things about people. Or I understand where the connection came from. So that's clear. It's not like, well, where did you, how did y'all meet? Was y'all at the <laughs> club? Or, well, you know what happened? I think there's connection there. That that that's that's clear. And I think that my dad it has been very devout in his. That's been very something that's very consistent about him, is he is uh, he's, he's always going to church. You know that hasn't changed. Um, and I could see a, a younger Sabrina um, putting very very high value on that, just based on how you were raised and growing up at St. James and thinking, hey, this is the right path. If I'm gonna find a husband. If I'm going to find a mate, then it's going to look like this. And I think over through time, or as you get to know people, 
you know, it's, it's deep. It's, it's much deep, deeper. Much deeper than that. Much deeper um, than that. But I think that I understand the connection and where it all came about. And then also, as you as you as it gets deeper, I can understand why there was uh, there there was uh, um, challenges that came about that made you all to not be with each other anymore. Mm-hmm. So I asked this question to you before. Um, what's what? What do you feel I taught you about? your relationship or how to handle your relationship with your dad? I don't think you taught me any one thing necessarily uh, uh, that that is uh, so previous. You taught me how to deal, have relationships. And so the part of our relationships, one, really all relationships are two-sided. So if you want it, if you want, if you want something given to you, you got to give it, you got to give it, or you need to communicate what things you're going to give and what things you want them to give to you. Cause I don't think in dating is necessarily, you know, it always looks exactly the same, but I think that you always force me to, to think that relationships are both sided and to, um, to give people grace, I would say as well. in, in whatever they going through and really try to understand their story and what more of what's coming out of them then what's coming? And then it is what's coming. Uh, uh, what you may be feeling uh, is in the situation. So, come on, come on, Marcel. So, I think those are important. Um, just trying to really seeking to understand what, like, why do they operate the way they do? What What are they feeling? What have they been through? What is their relationship with their dad? What you know what I mean? So all those things, I think I have grown to to learn over time. And it's it's helped me not to have any ill will or feel bad or I love my dad. I don't got no issue with him and I understand some of the things that he maybe have verbalized and some things he hasn't verbalized because I've I've seek to understand where that comes from and why he is the way he is. Wow, you're so smart, son. Um this is good. This is this is good. If you had to pick a mate for me. <laughs> What things would you look for that you think would th- that would be good for me? Picking a mate. This is truly Mother's Day edition. Right? Yes, this is, <laughs> this a is Mother's the most. Day. Um, if I had to pick a mate that was good for you, I would choose somebody who is disciplined. Uh, that's probably the first thing. You know, opposites attract, right? Um, Why did he throw me up under the? I bus? didn't say anything. I said disciplined. You said, but then you say it. Um, also someone because you like kind of like you said earlier um they have to have a gentleness about getting their point across uh, i don't do i don't do mean i don't do mean and, and see and, sometimes what you think is mean is not mean it's just them it, but it's, perception it's, it's, is everything yeah and sometimes we all have to shift our that's why i said gentle uh i said gentle first but i think also somebody has to say hey this, now this is what we're doing Ooh-oh. And uh, and you like oh okay <laughs> I think uh, just because you okay, have Daddy. such a strong uh, because you have a, such a strong will and you like to listen to your voice inside of, of what you want to do <laughs> that, that you have to him. you have to uh, somebody has to be able to not feel threatened and be able to have a sense of vision and and know what they want and at this stage of your life. Um, I think it needs to, to a high level of personal security 
and how they feel about themselves and things they've done, mm-hmm. or are they uh, willing and just happy being like as you in the in the in the spotlight and they just you know supporting that? And nothing's wrong with that. Yeah, nothing is wrong with that. It would be wonderful to have that. But I, somebody asked me the other day. They says if you, I was in fact it was Shana. Shana and I were out for lunch, and the guy working at the he was like the manager of the place, was kind of flirting. And she was like, Doc, he's cute. And I, oh, I hate to say this out loud. <laughs> I did say it. I said, where am I, where am I, ta- where am I going with him? <laughs> and so she said that you have to be open because just because that's what he's doing right now in this space don't mean that that's the only thing that he does. He may have properties he may have and so sometimes and I know that I've said this before that you can't just make assumptions out of a one snap shot look at a person Um, because I talk about the movie um, The Hate You Give and in that movie at the very beginning the father they showed all these tattoos on his neck and you know because he was a former gang member and I remember at the beginning of that movie going where would I take him? I can't take him nowhere. He got all these tattoos and that. But by the end of the movie, I was in love with him. Mm-hmm. He was an incredible father. He was a great husband. He was an amazing business owner. He was a, a, a great name. He was just an amazing man. And so I had to say to myself, Sabrina, you may miss amazing just because you stuck on the package. So I got to do better with the packaging. Yeah. Um, I guess the last question I have is um, what is, uh, what do you hope for our relationship to continue to grow to and what things do we, you, th- you feel like is important to continue to gr- grow a relationship even in the new, new stages of life that we may have? As we continue to navigate life, I think that what I would like to see is if we planned um, almost like some ritualistic things that we do together annually. Like Thanksgiving? Like Thanksgiving was cool. That was good. But But that, to me, still wasn't just me and you. Oh, okay. So I would like for maybe us to take a trip, but I know you don't like traveling with me for some reason. So he don't <laughs> like he don't like traveling with me because he say I don't really want to walk. He want to go on hikes and things, and I don't really want to do all that. But I want us to take trips. I think I I would love for us to even if you you know once you get married, and you know not all the time, but just have something that is just our our thing that we do. And then when you get a wife, she she can come too and then if I get a husband he can come too but it's something that we plan to do on a regular basis I like the fact that we pray together I would like to do that more again we used to pray together all the time we don't pray together as much but I think praying together helps to solidify and invite the Holy Spirit into our relationship and what we're working on and because I think that we communicate excellently I do. I think our communication is good. You don't think our communication? I'm sensitive, so my feelings get hurt easy. I know. So I, you feel like it's good because I don't say certain things, and I don't, and I don't, I don't, I don't poke the, I don't poke it. You know what I mean? Sometimes you don't poke the I've, bear. I've, I've, I've gotten bear. a lot better at just letting sometimes 
things just you know maybe i don't need to make a point in this moment or i can let it go yeah but i think that those things would be important for me what about you um i think as as it um as the dynamic changes as you know get older just uh like you said i think praying is important holiday traditions are just being intentional about that and uh i think just always stepping outside of the comfort zone of like what like you know maybe uh introducing different things or offering different things i think um and thinking about what legacy and what the next stages look like because i think a lot of times uh, we don't think about succession and so uh i think that's the next that's the next phase as you as you build as you build and you work and as a, as a business owner you know it's like hey you could do all this work and it's like, hey, what do you have to show for who's going to carry it who's on? Who's going to carry it on, yeah. And, and so that's a, I think that's a, just the next space naturally and gradually. So as we close out the, the show, um, what would be something that you would say you are the most proud of of me? Most proud of? Um, most proud of? Like as a mother, as a person, or what? Like all of it. You get three. You get three things. Three things that you're proud of. I think as a mother, I'm really proud that you really allowed me to be myself, and you gave me, you know, a uh, I don't know how much confidence, but you gave me you. Hey, as much as you taught me to be independent, it was hard on me. You made me think I could do anything in the world. So that's priceless. Um, I would say uh, proud of you is in the impact you have on other people. Everywhere I go in Detroit, around the world, like if somebody knows you, they're like, they love you. And it's just like you've made them feel more you've, you know, um, you maybe even taught them something that they can they can use that as food to, to live their life. Um, and then, um, proud of I think I think the I think the other thing is probably essential colors that's like like a very brilliant 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 thing okay the three things I'm most proud of I am most proud of the man that you have uh, become I like that you are an independent thinker and that you don't allow um, what other people think to make you not be who you are. And so I love that. I love how you think. I love how you analyze things. I love how you break things down. Um, I'm extremely proud of the spaces that you've um, forged in, in um, when it comes to the book that you wrote about the balance, about how you impact young people who are um, athletes that you have people that you've impacted that now are professional athletes, and that's amazing to see that your voice and your impact is spreading throughout the NBA. Oh, my God, that's amazing. And then um, the other thing that I'm most proud about is that you do things to help people and you never say a word. That's impressive to me because you know that sometimes people do stuff in order to get shine. 
you never do things to get shine. You do it, and, and like, you know, you've done things, and people will come back to me and says, well, Marcel did that. I said, well, you didn't even tell me. He said, I wasn't <laughs> supposed to tell you. I didn't do it for you. I did it because what God told me to do. And so those things I'm very, very proud of, and I am, I am anticipating, and I'm with bated breath, <laughs> that he's going to get a, a wife, and then he's going to have fat babies. <laughs> I want fat babies that look like me. <laughs> no promises there. No promises there. I'll have some kids. I can't, can't, I can't uh, say that they're going to look like you. They're going to look like me. I can't promise they're going to be fat. We, those are two things we may not control. But we'll see. They're going to look like me. They're going to have. <laughs> well, you look like me. Oh, that's funny. That's funny yeah. that I want a little fat, little, fat, little round little baby. In due time. Inshallah, God willing. Amen. Well, I want to thank you for uh, this special Mother's Day event, uh, uh, edition of Speaking Life. I am really hopeful that something that we said and something that you heard our dialogue about will help you dig into your relationships, whether you are the child or whether you are the parent in your relationships, because it is a blessing to have people around us and it's even more of a blessing to have close relationships with the people that you help get here or that help bring you here and so we want to make sure that you spend some time today saying something positive about yourself about your life about your career about your business about the people around you say something positive to yourself about yourself see you next week <laughs>